the great thing about it is um, the cash flow. Um, we ended up picking up the property for about $150,000. We put about $100,000 more into it. So we're in for, for $250,000. And the property currently brings in, I want to say $6,000 a month right now, five dollars to $6,000. A pretty decent return um, on that property off a, a pretty small investment. Um, but the biggest investment was the creativity of seeing it as something else and figuring out how to make it work and having the tenacity to see it through to the end. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, AAA Adam a. Adams. And I'm actually with Ryan Wright today. And what are we going to talk about? And how does it, uh, how does that involve you? Well, uh, depending on how much money you have, we're going to talk a little bit about no money down deals. And do they actually exist in, in this year anyway? So no matter how much money you have, if you have at least zero, you'll be able to benefit from today's call. And if you have millions in the bank, that'll be good too. Uh, I'm here with Ryan G. Wright, the CEO of Do Hard Money. He's a hard money lender. And um, almost 19 years ago, he started investing in real estate and he saw that it was difficult to get funding for different properties, much less um, having a reputable company or a resource to work with. And so he actually has his own company, do hard money. Not only does he lend hard money to new fix and flippers that are having a, who are struggling with being able to find a, a good lender, a quality lender that's actually going to fund their deal, but he does some no money out of pocket deals. He's done plenty of creative real estate. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what he's done with no money down, burst strategies, subject to, um, and a couple other interestingly creative deals. So with that said, Ryan, would you give a little bit about your background as it pertains to today's conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, uh, I've been in real estate for a little while. I, I thought the way to get started was become an agent. I, I actually bought a, a, a Plex before I became an agent. And then from there, wanted to learn how to be a real estate investor and you know help some other people buy and sell houses. I started buying and selling. I, I then got into doing um, some lending deals as I kept buying my own properties and then got into developing some software systems and some tools and those things. So that's kind of brings us up to speed on where I'm at today. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you for going into that. Now, what I want to talk about a little bit is, well, first off, how many, how many no money down deals have you actually done? Oh boy. I, I don't even have a number on it. I'd say I've probably done 20 to 40 myself, but I've funded and helped other people do probably in the hundreds. Um, you know, we're doing those regularly. So uh, quite a few. Okay. Awesome. So you got a lot of experience. I don't have a snow- board. I, I probably should. <laughs> Just, it's getting to be very high. Excellent. Well, I, I'm glad to ask that. And now the, the next question is just for the listener who I, I, pu- I proposed the question, which was, um, are we still able to do no money down deals? I mean, we're in a hot market. They, they say it's a, it's a seller's market. Um, so, you know, in the end of 2019, 2020, are, are we seeing no money down deals right now? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you know, I've worked on some this, this week, actually, um, you know, with no money down. I think what's really important is, you know, back when I got started, you could just go on the MLS and find a property 
that was probably going to be a pretty good deal if you spend enough time doing that. And in most markets today, that's just not possible. So if you're looking to delegate your financial success to an agent that's going to find you this amazing deal where you don't have to come up with any money, uh, that can be really difficult, I think. I think you've got to be more creative and you've got to spend more time doing it. And when I say it can be done, the answer is yes, but the caveat to that is how much time it takes to find it. And I think that um, a lot of people are short-sighted thinking when, you know, if it took you a year or two years or three years to find, and I don't think it'd take even near that amount, but if it took you that long to find a no money down deal that could cash flow and appreciate and all those types of things over the long term, that's going to be worth so much money to you, much more than the hours you put in to find it. Okay, brilliant. I like that. Hey, I'm posting a link right now in the Facebook Live. And don't worry if you're listening to this on the podcast. All you need to really do is just scroll down and you can get the same exact link. It's just dohardmoney.com forward slash creative real estate podcast. And this is a giveaway, something that is free to you, the listener. Ryan, would you tell them a little bit about what they can get um, if they go to dohardmoney.com forward slash the rest of it that they can click? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've, I've written several books, but one of my favorites is How to Get More Money You Can Ever Handle, A Real Estate Investor's Guide to Funding Deals. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, where fine books are sold. Um, it usually sells for 20 bucks or 25 bucks or something like that. So um, your listeners uh, specifically will get a, uh, a e-version of that book um, that they can read up on. And it really just goes into detail. A lot of people, money's the challenge or money, maybe we could call it, is the excuse and not getting started in real estate investing. And uh, this book is really to help um, not make that an excuse as to, you know, ways that you can make those things happen. So how to have more money you can ever handle, um, you know, how you you can get your deals done and don't let that stop you from being successful as a real estate investor. I, I think your listeners will enjoy it. Perfect. Okay. So let's, um, let's just, just so everybody knows, you can literally just scroll down, click that link. It's pretty easy. And now I have a few questions. So you've done different types of no money down deals. Um, and you've also done something called a burr strategy. Now there is a lot of, um, listeners that have been in real estate for a long time that listen to this specific podcast. And it's not generally for just somebody who's brand new, just barely learning terms. However, sure. there's probably going to be a couple people. So Burr strategy, does that mean it's a really cold um, a house that you buy or what? Yeah, it means it's a freezing cold house. So it's only houses <laughs> in the Antarctic. So no, no, the idea with Burr is to buy a property, renovate the property, rent the property, refinance the property, and then repeat So the whole concept is um, how you can get into these types of deals. And if you do that right, I like to combine the Burr strategy um, with refinancing, getting all your money back. So 100% financing Burr deal is is obviously the ideal. Those don't always work out, but when they can, uh, those are the epitome of what we're trying to do. Yeah, because if you can uh, do a refinance and pull everything out, essentially your profits, your cash flow is an infinite return. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's the way to do it. And, and it requires a few things. You've got to make sure you've got the right hard money lender that will do both of those things, fund you the rehab and the purchase. And you've got to make sure you've got a good takeout finance lender that will do that. And, um, you know, fortunately we have great relationships with those. Even if you already have 10 properties and you're above the Fannie, Freddie maximums, that type of stuff, there's a lot of um, uh, companies uh, that do insurance that are willing to do these types of loans where you can get multiple loans on single family houses specifically. 
And yeah, you've done all sorts of other types of creative real estate. Now, I just want to go into um, talking about this burst strategy. One of the things that you said is that you work with some clients and you're able to fund the purchase as well as the rehab, which I believe sounds like they're going into a no or low money down deal. Yes. And then furthermore, you have the back-end relationships that refinance out the money that you put down, which will help them get into the next one. And the cool thing that I noticed is that you said, even if they've already hit that threshold, and a lot of times that threshold is 10 loans, 10 mortgages under one name. And so most people have do say, I can only have six mortgages, so I'm done. I can only have 10 mortgages, so... So I'm really, I can't invest any longer. And so one of the reasons why some of them go to multifamily, but what you're saying is there are some lenders that don't, uh, that don't hold you to those same exact guidelines. So yeah. how do you find a lender like that? Um, and how do, they, how do they work with you to find a lender like that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think what you're looking for is somebody that's doing alternative loans is basically what the idea is. So your rate's going to be a little bit higher. You're probably going to be uh, three-fourths of a point to one point higher in the rate. Um, they're typically going to do 25, uh, you want to have 25% equity. So they'll do 75% uh, to value once that property's uh, fixed up where like Fannie or Freddie will do up to 80%. The old trick used to be that you got your wife to do some if you're married or your girlfriend and you did some so she could have 10 and you could have 10, um, you know, or a family member, you know, because of the Fannie, Freddie. But now um, you've got to go out there and, and look around. I mean, we've got different resources depending upon the areas where you're at. You know, we could help you with that if that makes sense. But if you go look around and say, hey, I need to, I want to make sure you're not doing Fannie or Freddie. You've got to have a resource. Typically, there are insurance companies and that type of stuff that have structured a mortgage product to try and get capital to work. Um, and the, the key with that though, is you want to make sure there's no prepayment penalties. You want to make sure they're going to give you like a 30 year fixed loan, at least in my opinion, there's lots of ways to do it. But I think the way rates are, even if you're a half a point or a point higher, you still want to get a 30 year fixed right now. Um, so you've got to go out there and uh, make some of those relationships, but they exist, but your typical guy that's advertising on the freeway is not going to be the guy to help you. Got it. Okay. I, want to talk a little bit about um, one of your deals. So I'm, we're going to really dive into the most creative deal. So save that because okay. I definitely want to dive into that because I know it's an incredible deal and the listener is going to learn some really interesting things when we dive into it. But um, before that, let's just talk about a deal that you've done or how a deal can work from start to finish by utilizing this burst strategy for a person, say, where do you lend in Colorado? Um, yes. Okay. So let's just say it's in Colorado. And so it's, it's a, one of my neighbors here in, in Colorado. They want to do uh, a no money down deal. How have they done it or how will they, what's the step-by-step process for them to do this burst strategy in Colorado? Yeah. So keep in mind, the burst strategy is to retain that property and get the rents. You can also do a zero down if you want to flip the property. But if you're, if you're out there looking, the, the key to this is finding a good deal. That's really what it comes down to. And no matter what real estate investment strategy you're trying to do, you've got to find that good deal. But basically, let's say, you know, just to keep numbers sake, let's say the property after repaired is worth $100,000. We're doing this just to keep numbers there. 
you would have to buy the property and get the rehab done for about $70,000, the acquisition or 70% if we want to use the percentages. Um, so basically we're saying the after repair value is 100. So you'd be, be into it 70% with the purchase and the rehab. So if you can get the purchase and rehab to be that 70% or under, then um, a funding company, you can find a private investor or a hard money lender that's willing to fund you the purchase and the rehab. So in this instance, the full $70,000. And then you would close at the title company or the closing attorney. And then you would start getting the rehab done on the property and executing, getting all that done. You're typically going to have some payments um, that you're going to have to make some interest payments to get you getting that project done as fast as possible. Um, In some cases, some of those payments can be deferred. Um, And then once that property is done, you want to make sure that you're refinancing with a lender that's not going to have what's called seasoning requirements. So you're going to want to make sure this lender, as soon as the property is fixed up, they can send an appraiser through there. And when the appraiser goes through there, the goal is that appraisal comes in at $100,000, hopefully even a little bit more. When that comes in at $100,000, you're then able to get a loan at 80%, 75 to 80%. And that gives you a little bit of room for the the money for closing costs and some of that different types of stuff. Although keep in mind, if you can get it for $80,000, let us say the property's worth more, they're not going to give you money cash out. They're not going to give you cash in your pocket. You can go to Disneyland or go to Vegas or something with. But what they will do is they'll give you the money. And that's why it's really important you're working with a good hard money lender because the hard money lender, they'll pay off. It's basically called a rate and term refinance. Um, they're, they're paying off the loan that's already there and getting you a better term, a 30-year instead of a six-month or a one-year loan. And they're going from a high interest rate to a low interest rate. And they're refinancing that out to get you into a low interest rate. And then you've got that um, low interest rate loan. And if you bought in the right area, the rents minus the payment, minus the taxes and insurance and those things, you end up with a cash flow. And so you may have some closing costs or you may have some payments or you may have some of that type of stuff, or you may be able to roll those things in if the deal's good enough. But it really starts with finding that great deal. One thing that I'm picking up as you're kind of going over the this strategy is how important it truly is, and I think we're, I feel like we're leaving it out, how important it truly is that you are trying to finance the entire amount. The highest amount that you can get in the beginning through the hard money lender, the more likely you'll do better on the back end. While I have a couple of listeners right now that are probably saying to themselves, Um, maybe that's risky to go all my, all my money out or put some of my own. Maybe that's risky. Maybe I don't want to have a higher leverage in the beginning, but I want to argue that point right now saying if the, if the refinance can only give you your capital back and what's going to happen is if you, if you use a hard money lender in the beginning and go ahead and, and put the, the, first part, the down payment, the rehab, and even maybe rolling in some of the payments. When you do the refi on the back end, it'll be a lot easier for you to keep the most amount of money. But if you have to start by putting in your own cash, sometimes they're not willing to refi that amount out. So ultimately, if you're beginning with the end in mind in the burst strategy, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I might be, I don't do this as much as you do. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like if you're beginning with the end in mind that the best strategy is to finance the most upfront so that it's easier for you to get more money from the refi. 
Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And I would even say it's not sometimes they won't give you the extra money you put into it. It's they never will give you the extra money. See, the lender's looking at it as a risk and they like if another lender took on risk and is in that position and they're just cashing that lender out, they like that. Anything else is going to be called a cash out refinance, meaning they're giving you money that's not going into the property and they look at that as a whole different risk portfolio. And you're going to, I don't, I've never seen those types of deals get done unless it's really low loan to value on a personal residence and that type of stuff. I I would take the point even a little bit further. Let's just say you got the purchase, the rehab, the closing costs and those things. And the worst case scenario on this is the appraisal doesn't come in for as high as you need it to, to refinance. So in our example, let's say the appraisal doesn't come in at a hundred thousand. So you're all in at 70, 70, $75,000. Let's say purchase the rehab, the closing costs. Let's say the appraisal comes in at 90 what do you do? And the question is, well, now I'm over leveraged or I've put all of it into it. Um, my answer is really quite simple. Um, you can either then decide to put cash into the deal, refinance it and get some of it back and give some more money to pay off the lender. You could do that strategy or you could just sell the property, get out of it what you've put into it or what you owe on it. Um, maybe make a little bit of money, but not a ton of money and move on and do it again. So I think rather, like you're saying, keep that money, leverage as much as you can. If it doesn't refinance, you can then use some of that money to pay down the loan and, and do the refinance um, and have the equity because they're going to want an equity position of about 20 to 25%. Any way you look at it, whether you bring it or whether it's all established, they're going to want that. You could pay down the lender and do that, or you could just liquidate the property and make something and uh, move on with life. Uh, we do have one of the one of the listeners that's just live on Facebook right now brought something up. Um, Haim is saying um, most hard money lenders would want to ha- want the buyer to have some of their own skin in the game. Um, they're saying in their experience, they've probably seen usually the hard money lender will say maybe they can go to ninety percent. Yeah. Of, of what's coming out, but we still need to put down some type of 10% down payment. Um, so it sounds like that's not the case for do hard money. So Correct. how does somebody find, how does, how does somebody who's deciding to go into this, how do they find a, a lender that's going to work for them or versus a, a lender that's going to make them come out of, of pocket with 10%? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a really good point. Most lenders do want a whole bunch of skin into the game. So um, like a lender with us, it's going to be more creative, but keep in mind, you're going to pay more money for that. It's going to cost you money because there's more risk to work with a creative lender. So it's not going to be, you know, two points, you know, it might be five points um, because there's more risk in doing that. So you're paying for that. It's offsetting some of the risk. But let's say that you didn't want to work with us or whatever the case is. The next step for you is to find private people that have the capital that understand the strategy. And one of the best things you can do is get, you can get pre-approved. Like for us, we're going to have you get pre-approved through a lender we have relationships with. Whether you use them or not is okay, but we want to make sure we vet you out. Part of our underwriting is can you get the loan in the end? Because that gives us a lot of security when we're actually doing that. So you can approach other lenders or private people and say, this is the strategy. I get as much money as I possibly can. I'm already approved for the takeout financing. I've got, you know, I've got good credit and, you know, those types of things. Or potentially even say, I've even got some money in the bank if I needed it, that I could make it happen. So I think it's working with private investors. If you're strictly going to hard money lenders, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm biased. 
but I don't think there's a lot of hard, true hard money lenders out there. Hard money lenders was we'll lend based upon the asset. We don't care about anything else. It's really morphed into soft money um, where it's like, we want credit scores. We want a bunch of money down. We want all those different types of things. A true hard money lender was very expensive. Um, most hard money lenders now are very cheap and they really just cared about the property. So that, that's kind of the category, the last of the true hard money lenders that I feel we fit ourselves into which isn't Perfect. for everyone and isn't for every deal, but it definitely has a place in the market. Excellent. Thanks for going into that. We are going to move in to the final five questions. We're going to learn a little bit about Ryan's absolute most creative deal, and he's done a ton of them. So I'm looking forward to that and a little bit more of his story. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought you'd be further along financially by now? If so, you're not alone. Many people find themselves wanting to ditch their 9 to 5, wishing they had more time with their family. What most people want is to simply live the life that they choose, and with plenty of money to do so. The good news is you can live an abundant life through apartment investing. Mark and Tamil Kenny with Think Multifamily help you take back the time and freedom so that you can live free from the stresses that burden so many. Through multifamily investing, they teach you how to set your family up for a lifetime of true success and fulfillment. They have helped hundreds of people just like you. Patrick, for example, who since working with Think Multifamily has purchased over 900 units with another 850 under contract. And at 27 years old, was able to quit his demanding job in corporate America. Regardless of your age or profession, Think Multifamily can help you create the life of your dreams. As hosts of the new Think Multifamily podcast, Mark and Tamil will walk you through the journey step-by-step step to make sure you are completely set up for success. Through this interview-style podcast, you will gain a proven strategic apartment investing system and hear stories from successful investors, all to help you be light years ahead of those who try to do it alone. Subscribe to the Think Multifamily podcast today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash podcast. Mr. Ryan Wright. That's, I like your name, Ryan Wright. It's kind of like Adam Adams. Yeah, you got to thank my mom. <laughs> Mr. Ryan Wright, what is the most creative deal you've ever done? Oh boy. I mean, there, there's probably a few of them. I mean, obviously I've done some of these burr type deals that we talked about. Um, I've done some subject to deals, you know, take over the financing and that type of stuff. Um, I turned a, a duplex into a threeplex, which I think was really creative. Mm. Um, I, I think also there was a, there was a office, probably my best cash flowing deal was pretty creative. Uh, there was um, some modular homes on a property uh, that a bank foreclosed and they sat for a long time and I was able to, you know, turn that into an office complex uh, I think that was that's probably my most creative. Okay, let's let's dive deep into this modular home that turned into an office and became your most creative deal. How did you find it? How did you fund it? And how did you refinance it if you did? Um, and also, just what's kind of in the back of my mind, and I probably the listeners' mind right now, is how how you would really change that use of, I guess, homes to, to office space. So yeah. let's dive deep. 
Well, um, I found it, I think, just from driving around, if I remember correctly. The reason why I, it's not that fresh in my mind is because I had to track this deal for like two years. Um, so I found the property and it was vacant and it was just going into foreclosure. And I saw it and I saw an opportunity because the, the place of land where it's at is sitting on this land. There's land behind it. Uh, it's near a hospital. And I'm like, there's really big potential here. Um, but it's kind of one of those out of the way things. And so, you know, I started working on it, trying to figure out who owned it, contacting them, wasn't able to, ends up getting foreclosed on. I try and contact the bank. Um, then an agent had it for a while, listed it. I tried to work through him, couldn't make anything happen. And then he lost the listing. The bank just hanged on to it. I ended up getting in touch with the bank. I think the bank ended up then relisting the property again through somebody else. And after like my fifth or sixth offer on this property, I ended up getting it. Um, it really just came down to getting it for the right price. Um, this property was getting vandalized and it's in a good neighborhood. The, the copper pipes were being stolen, that type of stuff. Um, so I was in, able to end up getting, getting the property. Um, the, the original financing was all private. So, you know, we got, we got some money together, put some money into it. But we also had to put more money into the property because obviously the place was just destroyed. So we had to go in there and dump probably $100,000 more into the property uh, to bring it up to speed as to where it needed to be. So we had to redo the outside. We had to stucco it. We had to put rock on it. We had to do all that type of stuff. All new plumbing, electric. Um, luckily, it had lots of parking and it had a, a big lot. It was on a really good sized lot. So we had to, um, just really the cosmetics, the exterior, and then all of the, um, the HVAC plumbing, that type of stuff. It was really difficult because during the, when we first got the property, the vandals and people were just used to like going in there and taking anything they wanted. Um, so when we first, and it's in a good neighborhood, it was just, it was vacant for so long. It got a reputation, just that one property, a place you could go hide out or whatever the case is. Um, and so when we first started, they people were breaking back in and that stuff to the point where I'm like, I'm going to like hire somebody with some pit bulls to just leave them there all night long um, to try and cut down on this. And so um, I couldn't find anybody or I would have done that. Um, but we worked with the police and everything else. And now it's been a fantastic property for us. So the great thing about it is um, the cash flow. Um, we ended up picking up the property for about $150,000. We put about $100,000 more into it, so we're in for, for two fifty, dollars and the property currently brings in, I want to say $6,000 a month right now, five dollars to $6,000. I, I don't have my spreadsheets in front of me, but um, a pretty decent return um, on that property off a, a pretty small investment. Um, but the biggest investment was the creativity of seeing it as something else and figuring out how to make it work and having the tenacity to see it through to the end. I definitely want to just kind of touch on two of the things that you mentioned um, for this property that you brought purchased for about one hundred and fifty. You put another one hundred thousand, uh, two fifty. It's cash flowing. I think you said around six grand. Um, amazing. I love it. And what I wanted to touch on though is two things. First off, you said something that many, many, many of uh, my podcast guests come on the show and say. And it shows how important it is to bring this out. You, uh, for lack of, a, of, of, of destroying how you said it, um, most people come on and they say something like you said, you don't really go and just find deals. You don't just find creative deals. You don't just find them. You actually have to create them. You have to actually figure them out, which is interesting because you, you went fairly creative on, on switching the use, um, uh, working with the police and 
helping to make sure that that the crime went away on this one property in a good neighborhood. But the other thing that I think is incredibly important to really show is that you said that the bank didn't take your first offer or second offer or third or fourth offer. You said you didn't really go to contract until your fifth or sixth offer, which is interesting because most of the listeners are likely to stop at one offer. Most of the listeners are going to bring an offer to the bank or to whomever, and it's going to get rejected and they're going to quit. And that's them being able to say, I tried, I failed, let's go to the next one. But the follow-up that you did by, by not just stopping with that one, but you did the second, and you had the tenacity to try a third, and that still didn't get accepted. You did a fourth one, and still, like, most people would totally be done by now. And you did a fifth or sixth one that finally got accepted, and now it's your highest cash flowing property. I think that that's a lesson for the listener to really take out and say, you know, it's not that I have to put in one offer and, and I'm done. It's not that I have to call a seller, I'm done. I have to knock on two doors and I'm done. A lot of this comes from you persisting and being determined until you get the result that you're looking for. So I really appreciate you mentioning that. Now, I've got a couple of just live comments here yeah, yeah. on the Facebook that I'd like to bring out before I go to the next of the five questions. Certainly. Uh, the first one comes from Billy Brown, another name like Ryan Wright and Adam Adams, nice. Billy hey, Brown. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Billy actually says that he has a client that he's negotiating one uh, now, and then we have a refinance on an ARV on a 30-year AM loan. Great deal for him. So, awesome. Billy, uh, congratulations to your client. It sounds like you're doing a lot of good work for him, and uh, I can't wait to see how this burst strategy st uh, goes for your client. And then Paige Dyer says, uh, is just asking about the website that we listed above. He's just asking if that's the absolute best way to connect with Ryan Wright about working together on a deal. And uh, no, Paige, that's, that's going to be the link for the free book. So generally, he said it sells for 20, maybe 25 bucks. But for just our listeners, we will be able to get a free PDF version. So actually, the last question that I'm going to ask on today's podcast, and so now that is incentive for you to listen to the whole thing. The last question I'm going to ask Ryan is just exactly the best way for you to be able to get a hold of him. So Paige, don't worry. You'll be able to know how to work with him on a deal together. So... Uh, and that's going to be the fifth of five questions. The second is, Ryan, what's a book you recommend? You know, I love Atlas Shrugged. Um, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's a classic. It's a long book. Um, I actually have a signed um, dollar or silver certificate from Ann Rand that wrote it and named my kid after uh, his name's Taggart. So that's one of my favorites. Got it. Um, Earl, thank you for your comment. He's saying that this is a superb podcast. Also, J Jeff Deering, Geoff, Geoff Deering from Utah, um, also is excited about watching the podcast. He gave you a thumbs up. So um, thank you, Jeff, as well, and all the other listeners that are on uh, currently on the Facebook Live. 
Um, the third question that I had for you, really, I, I just want you to paint a, a quick picture. And this is one of my favorite questions that I ask my guests. I want to see what your life was like five years ago, what you were struggling with, with and, and what you had been doing in real estate. Because we often see that, that a lot of our listeners were just getting started out five years ago, and now they are where they are. And then as the second part of that same question, Ryan, if you could just kind of share also where you plan to be in five years. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, five years ago, our company was growing quite a bit. And one of the challenges that we had is we were outgrowing our current office. And so we ended up finding a second office, but then we had people in different places. And then we wanted to get even a bigger office where everybody could be together. And so I was trying to find an office that I could get at a really good price because I really like to buy my places rather than rent them. And we ended up buying something that we did full construction. So that was probably one of the biggest challenges for me. Um, we also had problems with our software and, you know, different things. So it's, it, there's always, there's always a challenge, uh, no matter, no matter where you're at. As far as where I see myself in the next few years, um, I see ourselves growing quite a bit with some of our softwares and technologies. There's so much software that's making it easier to be a real estate investor, which I think you also, you kind of have to have as you're dealing with the more competitive marketplace that we're in. You talked about how easy or difficult it is to find those types of deals. Um, I think software can help tremendously to get you going in the right direction, but the tenacity of following through and making lots of offers and not letting those deals slip through the cracks is really important as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. The next question that I have is, how you give back? Yeah, great question. Um, I appreciate um, one of the things that we like to do, we, we um, call, have the giving, giving fund. And so what we do is all year long, um, as people do transactions, we put money for every loan into, into an account. And then we have a crisis center uh, that we support every year. So we just supported 25 kids and did the entire Christmas for them. And these are like dire circumstances. Um, you know, we had a, a kid where, or uh, two kids actually, where um, the the dad was in jail and the mom just passed away of the dad's doing um, that got into the crisis center and needed, you know, needed some love. And so we do that every year and uh, support some some really difficult circumstances. So that's one of the things that's really near and dear to my heart. Um, is being able to do that. I take my boys um, and we get two boys that are their age and, you know, we know their shoe size and their favorite color. We don't know their names or meet them personally, but we, it's, it's touching. Thank you. Last question that I have is very important because there's a few listeners already. Paige is, is, is hoping for it. Uh, we just want to know, I know that you focus on 20 different markets as we record this. You might be opening more as well. Um, you know, by the time that the podcast comes out on iTunes, perhaps you'll be in uh, other markets as well. So wanted to find out as a hard money lender who will actually give the entire amount of your purchase as well as all of the rehab and sometimes even roll in those, those monthly payments, the interest only, um, how does someone find you, get a hold of you, maybe just learn more about what markets you're in to see if it's going to fit with what they're doing? Um, what's the single best way for them to find you, Ryan? Yeah, I think the best way is going to be just head on over to dohardmoney.com. If you've got a specific deal, you can put apply and, you know, that will give you an idea of what we can do. Our computer system will, will give you, you know, some parameters. We have an advanced deal analysis software that does that for you. Um, if you're wanting to learn um, or see 
different stuff. I think uh, checking out incomehacker.com uh, is probably, probably the best way, depending upon where, where you're trying to go. Perfect. So, um, Paige, you'll want to type in dohardmoney.com, and that's going to have you be able to start working with Ryan. Also, I will give a plug that that I know about Ryan that we didn't really touch yet on on this podcast, and that's just him talking a little bit about some of the um, softwares that that he's developed to make sure that his life was easier. He actually sells that software and allows you to be able to use it. So, which is kind of cool because it's it's multiple different types of software that can help you to be more successful. And it's at a price, at least as we're recording this, is at a price that's extremely reasonable where you'd be able to actually make money. It's more of a, a, an immediate investment to make sure that you're you're capitalizing on it. It's not a waste of money. So anyway. Um, is that at Do Hard Money as well, or do they need to find that in another spot? Yeah, you can check it out at Do Hard Money. We've got in some of the resources, you can check that out or just even give us a call. Um, one of our associates uh, you know, could grab the phone and, and see if you might be a good fit. Ryan Wright, everybody, the podcast host of Income Hacker Podcast, the founder of Do Hard Money and the author of the book that gets you all the money that you ever need. The link is in the show notes. Scroll down right now, whether you're on the podcast or on iTunes, Stitcher, just scroll a little bit down and you'll find that dohardmoney.com forward slash creative dash real real, uh, dash estate dash podcast. Um, It's hard to say it, but it's easy to click on it. So just scroll down, click, and you can have that $25, $20 book for free. Thank you for coming on the show, Ryan. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, my friend, think outside the box. You have a website that gives you credibility and captures leads? ApartmentInvestorPro.com can help you get a professional website today. Can you build your investor list without a website? Sure, just like you can cut down a tree with a pocket knife, but why would you when you could use a chainsaw? Typically, building a professional website can be a real pain taking thousands of dollars and months of your time. One syndicator said it took him 10 months on his own. Another had to go to three different companies before getting something usable. ApartmentInvestorPro.com makes it quick and painless. All the designs and content is already created. With 15 years of experience building websites for investors, ApartmentInvestorPro.com gives you peace of mind and lets you focus your time on finding deals and investors. These powerful websites capture contact information from your potential investors. You can even automate the follow-up process. No more letting good investor leads fall through the cracks. Save 10% on your website by going to apartmentinvestorpro.com and using promo code CREATIVE. That link is in today's show notes.